Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at a Chuckery show. Halfway home on this Tuesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. That is our phone line. We're opening the phone lines up to you here. Um, do the Hawks need to shoot more threes? So we've heard now from a couple of multiple players about, you know, Trey Young talked about it. John Collins has talked about it, that one of the things that Quinn Snyder has professed about this team is they should shoot more threes. Now, I, I don't know what the analytical data and this girl that was hired to be an analytics expert can probably speak to all of this, but certainly certainly the idea is I, I understand that, look, if you're going to take a 20-foot shot, why not take a what, – what, what's the three-point line in the NBA? 24 feet or something like that or – yeah, is it 24 or 27? Uh, something I like that, 24, yeah. 27. But whatever. I mean, there's no need to take a 20-foot shot. You might as well take a 24 or 27-footer and shoot a three, right? I, and I understand that. But when you look at what this team was, they were 22nd in the NBA in three-point field goal percentage. You know, DeJounte Murray's not a great three-point shooter. He's an excellent, an excellent mid-range jumper uh, uh, shooter. Trey Young has never shot a high percentage, and he had a disastrous year from three, um, the lowest since his rookie year in the NBA. John Collins was a disaster from three. uh, DeAndre Hunter is no three-point shooter. I'll let Bogey, I'll let Trey to a certain degree shoot, but why would I want to see the Hawks shoot more threes? And we brought up the name of Chris Stapps Porzingis. So, again, you put a guy like that on this roster and a guy who shot like six threes a game, like why do I want to see that? Now, to be fair, they were 10th in the NBA in three-point defense this year. 10th. That's a pretty good number, right? That's a pretty good mark that they had. So they weren't dreadful when it came to defending the threes. A couple of years ago, they were a bad three-point defensive team. But they were actually pretty decent. Now, again, I think DeJounte Murray, DeAndre Hunter, I think that those are guys that can help defend the three-point shot. But from an offensive perspective, why would I want to shoot? When Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are going to the basket, that's where they're at their best. That's where I think that they're at their best is when those guys are going to the basket and creating. And they get other people involved, whether it's a lob play, whether it's a dish. It may be to kick out to bogey for a three or somebody like that. But why would I want to see more three-pointers of clanking shots? Because just because you shoot more threes doesn't mean you're going to shoot them better. So, again... We've now heard multiple players that have come out and said this about one of the things that Quinn Snyder has preached about is shooting more threes. I'm sure that there is an analytical reason for it. I'm sure that's what it comes down to, right? Even if you hit 40% of your threes, 
that's still better than hitting 60% of your twos if you take the volume of shots. I'm sure there is some analytical number that says that, hey, it makes more sense to attempt three-pointers than it does two-pointers. But in the real world of basketball, when Trey and DeJounte and guys like when they're going to the basket, right, Trey hits the floater, he's creating, he's drawing contact, like that's when we're at our best. That's when things get better. And I, I don't understand the idea of why this team would want to shoot more threes. Now, maybe you get some guys in here that can be good three-point shooters, right? I mean, Bogey's a pretty decent three-point shooter. A.J. Griffin's a pretty decent three-point shooter. Remember, he was arguably the best three-point shooter coming out of college. I mean, he, I think he led the nation in three-point percentage in college. But again, the college line and the NBA line, different. But I'm sure that there is some reason for all of that. But do I want to see? I mean, if John Collins never shot another three in his career, that would still be too soon. Let him shoot threes when he's retired. Let him him shoot threes for another team. I don't want him shooting three-point shots for the Atlanta Hawks. And I think when you look, I think it was, I think it was overall for John Collins, uh, because the whole team, the team as a whole, finished at twenty-second uh, in the NBA. Um, yeah, Collins was a twenty-nine percent three-point shooter. He averaged six point six two-point field goal attempts per game, and he averaged. 3.4 three-point shots per game. So he wasn't quite two-to-one, two-pointers to three-pointers, but even at three-and-a-half shots per game, and Trey was a little over six, Murray was a little over uh, five, DeAndre Hunter was just over three, and Bogey was almost seven. Why would I want those guys? I mean, Bogey... Almost 41%. Sadiq Bay, 40%. Okay, I can I can live with that. Even AJ Griffin, 39%. But Murray was 34.4. Trey Young was 33.5. Hunter was only 35%. Collins was 29.2%. Anyeka Kongu had a better three-point percentage than John Collins. Now, obviously, drastically different as far as, you know, how how many threes were attempted, but still, John Collins didn't even outshoot Anyeka Kongu from three. He barely beat Jalen Johnson, too, because Jalen Johnson was only 28.8% three-point shooter. So, no, I don't think the answer to the question is, can we shoot more threes? I don't think that's the answer at all. And I don't want to see more of that from the Hawks. I want to see more cutting and getting to the basket. I want to see them get Collins and Capella more involved in the alley-oops, right? You know, a couple of years ago, Trey Young and Clint Capella combined for the most field goals in the NBA as teammates. They had the most field goals in the NBA as teammates. That's what I want to get back to. That's what I want to see more of. I want to see DeJounte Murray slash into the basket and then using that mid-range jumper that he's got. I want to see more of that from these guys. Not everybody stand around behind the arc and start hucking it up. And, and again, you have guys whose job will be to shoot the three. Sadiq Bey, Bogey, A.J. Griffin, you know, Trey Young. We can designate some of these guys to do that. But as a, as a team philosophy, I don't want to see that. So, um, yeah, it just I, – I, I, don't, I, I don't think that that is one of the things that would benefit the Hawks more. You know, I would, I would like to see the Hawks take less threes but hit a higher percentage of them because then if you have to respect the three-point shot – 
then that's when guys can cut and slash to the basket. When you have to force yourself and your defense to play on that outside perimeter up high, it doesn't allow that defense to cheat back and double team somebody on the inside or, you know, pick up a guy that's that's cutting and slashing. You have to go out there and defend the three. You have to go out and defend it. And again, that allows for guys to be able to do more things. It will be interesting to see what the offense under Quinn Snyder looks like going into next year. Because he obviously had the rest, had this past season, the, the 21 games. He'll have all offseason, summer camp, training camp, all these different kinds of things. And look, they don't they don't get together a whole lot, right? Because the draft is in what's what's the draft in? Today's what, the sixth? Draft is in what, 16 like, days? Yeah, I was about to say, what, four weeks? Oh, no, no, no. Not not four so weeks. The, yeah, because today no, no, is not, the sixth. Yeah, you're the barely, 18th, barely two then, weeks. What is it, the 20 22nd? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's 16 days yeah. from now. Barely two weeks. And by the way, we'll have draft coverage. It'll be myself, it'll be Caleb, and we're still waiting to see if Sparty's going to be part of it. Have you reached out to Sparty or anything like that and said, hey, Chuck, going to host the NBA draft show. No, you know, that's a kind of above me as far as booking talent, as oh. far as broadcast goes. So okay. that's not really my – but I can kind of shoot him a text and just, you know. Yeah, say, hey, maybe, Sparty, what's up? Yeah, and then maybe that the gets him the hood. And yeah. You know, he's got the newborn, though, so. Oh, yeah, that's right. He so does. So his schedule yes. is probably a little bit different when it comes yeah, to the Yeah, but evenings. it would be four hours of talking basketball. Yeah, I'm sure how, he would how, love how it. How often, I mean, besides a Hawks game, how <laughs> often do we ever spend four hours talking basketball? That's true. That's true. And especially talking a mix of college and pro, right? Very true. Like how, how often do we get into those kinds of discussions? He'd be a, a, a you know, a pig in slop, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, he'd be he'd be all thrilled to that. And Sparty's done the show before. I mean, yeah, he's uh, done it the last two years, yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done yeah. the last couple of years. Yeah. Last year, although I will miss, we're, we're going to be at State Farm Arena. Right. Um, I will miss that. What is that place called? The Eastern. The Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. So I, now at State Farm, is it going to kind of just be in a certain area? I, you think, don't really know? I think we will broadcast from where they call the games. Gotcha. Because that would be the most likely scenario. So okay. Here's, here's what I hope. They have the, the Hawks know how to throw a good spread. Like th- that food in that in those loft suites. In the suites, yeah. Fantastic. Yep. I mean, some of the best tenderloin you will eat. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing I'm hoping for. I don't care how the show goes. I don't care if the show's good quality. I don't I could really care less. Again, we're talking NBA draft for four hours. You know? I want to eat good. It's more important. I- I'm I'm I've turned into Steak Shapiro. It's more important that I eat good <laughs> right? and all that good stuff. By the way, rank them coming up at 1040, by the way, so uh, don't forget to hit us up with your list. But, yeah, it's more important to eat good, right, than to sound good. True. So, yes. So we, um, uh, we'll we be somewhere there, I think, where the um, – and I guess they're going to have a uh, like a, a watch party and all that. So I don't know what you want to call it. A draft party. Yes, yeah. A, a, an official draft party. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll have the draft party there, but – um, but we will be live at State Farm Arena for uh, the NBA draft. And, again, the Hawks are going to pick 15th in the draft. Um, I think that's immediately going to be a stash and dash player down at College Park. I think that's going to be a guy who immediately ends up in the G League when all is said and done because you just don't have roster spots. And, again, you don't have a spot for a guy to come in and get significant minutes as a rookie. Unless he just becomes LeBron James, but I mean, you don't have a spot necessarily for a guy to develop, and so that's what'll make it interesting. Is okay, we draft a guy, and then you know, ultimately, probably stash him for a year or two, and then see what we have out of all of it, right? You know, as players come and go and things like that. You know, ultimately, we see, and that's why I think that getting some of this stuff done with, um, um, you know. Just as, just as far as what this roster is going to look like moving forward, may dictate about w- how we draft. You know, if they have some deals in the works, where let's say they're going to get rid of a 
let's say they're going to get rid of Capella, okay, just for argument's sake, say they get rid of Capella. Well, then we may look at drafting a center in the first round because we're only going to have Nyeka Kongu, and yes, we can bring a veteran in, but you might want to bring a young guy in as well, another young guy. So who knows? But uh, we'll see on the 22nd when the Hawks draft and uh, they draft 15th, and maybe they'll even trade out of that pick. Maybe they end up trading out of it. All right, coming up, it will be time for That's Life. Some merchandise from a hit TV show sold for big, big bucks. And we'll get to our top 10 as well. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, sport app says it'll be here in in a few minutes. (laughs) Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at it, John Chuckery Show. 9.22 in the Kia Studios. You know what time it is. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game at JMCH316. He's at the D. Lewis for real. Don't forget, rank him coming up at... Uh, 10.30, or 10.40. Um, you're familiar with the uh, TV program Cheers from the 1980s? Yeah, Ted Danson. Okay. What was so, my girl's name? Uh, Shelly Shelley Long. Long. Yep, and then it was... Frazier. Um, and then it was, yeah, uh, Frazier Crane. Yeah. Uh, Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, yeah. Uh, and then it was... Um, oh, gosh, uh, what's just her name? Just passed Christy, away. Uh, Christy Brink... Uh, yeah, no, Christy, not Christy Brinkley. Um, um, but she Kirstie just passed Allen. away. Kirstie yeah. Allen. Kirstie Allen. Yeah. All right. So, <clears throat> James Commissar, 58 years old, has a collection of nearly a thousand items, including, uh, or sorry, well, he's got he's got a whole bunch of memorabilia from lots of TV shows and kind of uh, Hollywood memorabilia. 
Well, one of the things that he has got, Day-Day, <clears throat> is he has, <clears throat> excuse me, he has the actual bar from Cheers. Oh, wow, nice. He's got the actual bar from Cheers. It recently sold at auction. What do you think that went for? The original so, bar sold from- over the weekend in a big auction. Um, two hundred some odd grand. Okay, six hundred and seventy-five thousand. Wow. Dollars. Six hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars. Um. The Batman, how about this one? The Batman and Robin costumes worn by Adam West and Burt Ward. Are you familiar with that? Okay. Very much so. From from the old Batman TV show? Yep. $615,000. Wow. The Johnny Carson Tonight Show set, the, the actual set, Went for $275,000. One of the signposts from MASH. Did you ever watch MASH? The scene yeah. That MASH? Okay. Yeah, do, you mem- do you remember how they had those signposts that they would point in all different directions to say yep. Tokyo 1,000 yep. miles, yep. L.A. 25,000 miles, or whatever like that? Okay. Mm-hmm. $150,000. Wow. Alan Hale Jr.'s captain's hat. From Gilligan's Island. Remember Skipper from the Gilligan's yeah. Island mm-hmm. show? His his um, captain's hat, $62,500. Wow. How crazy is all of this stuff? That is. $675,000 to own the bar from Cheers. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. All right, do you know what today is historically? I knew it had it on the rundown. But, well, yeah. <laughs> um, today is D-Day. Now, quick story. My grandfather, Robert White, he's not my biological grandfather, but he's the only grandfather that I, I knew mm-hmm. on, on my mom's side of the family. My grandfather, Robert White, fought on Omaha Beach oh, wow. on June 6th, okay. 1940, uh, what was that, 1944, right? He was, uh, he was in the D-Day invasion. He was on right. Omaha Beach Wow! <clears throat> and lived to tell about it. He never talked about it. I didn't know until later on in my life that he was part of the D-Day invasion, but he never talked about it, never never brought it up to anybody. He, um, uh, I want to say, I think he died at 93 years old, and he was a real character. Like, he was a, he was a real character, very... Very youthful, even when he was, even when he was in his seventies. Right, he was very youthful, like he was always on the go and just doing stuff, but never talked about, never, never spoke a word mm-hmm. about the D-Day invasion. Wow, and I would have been, fa- I, I, I wish I would have been old enough in later years because by the time I was like a real adult, right, he was. In his 80s, and, and again, I, he lived up in Ohio, and I lived down here in Atlanta. Right. But I wish I would have been old enough to, to talk to him about what happened. Now, he, he may not have said anything. He may, right. I mean, again, he may not have talked about anything with it, but it would have been interesting to hear what, what, what kind of the stories that yeah. were coming out of all of that. But he was on Omaha Beach for the uh, D-Day invasion. So. Nice. All right, so I was thinking about this the other day. We talked about I'm, I'm looking at a gun, and right. um, I think I've got my pistol picked out. Okay. All right? Okay. So with that, tonight's top ten list, the top ten things in life you want to own before you die. Day-Day, the floor is yours. All right, so first up is uh, something I actually I did own for a brief time, but um, I had to get rid of it. It broke down on me, and I've always wanted another one. But a 1977 Plymouth Valari with T-tops. Really? Yes. Nice. I had one when I was like in my early 20s, like uh-huh. 21. And a, a girl I used to date, she bought it from an uh, old family that it had been sitting in their uh-huh. yard, and it wasn't drive. So it, overall, it was a decent car, but just 
20, 21 years old, I didn't really have that kind of money to keep to it maintained. Yeah, yeah, keep it in. Yeah. So I ended up having to let it go. Yeah. And uh, I've always wanted one because I'd have like old ladies like see me pull up in parking lots and it would take them back to their day and they'd be like, oh my God, look at that car. So um, a multi use sports facility, but for youth sports. Um, oh, okay. Uh, indoor, particularly. So, like, cause, right. you know, football's king down here, and a lot of times, like, football teams, if it rains, they don't have, they have to cancel practice. Right. So, right. I would love to take, like, an old department store, like a two, two level department store, and just deck it out, turf fields. And if someone nice. out there steals my ideal, I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, memorabilia wise, I would love to have these two things. One, the original, or I guess I'd say one, because I'm sure there was multiples. But one of the original helmets from Darth Vader from oh, the original Star Wars. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and then the cleats that Ricky Henderson wore when he broke the record, stolen base record nice. in 1982. I'll bet you those are I bet you those are in the Hall of Fame. I, probably I, so. I would, I would, I would guess I, that they are in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'll need to google it, but I would if they weren't, I would Just love go there to try to Right? Yeah, let's see how that goes for me. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, listen, I, you know, again, you may steal them, but you you'll get caught. I mean, so. Right. <laughs> um a nail salon I mean, women. Really? I mean, dude, think about it. Like, women get their their nails yeah, yeah, done religiously. Obviously. So, you know, obviously, I'd want to pick an area where it's kind of not over congested mm-hmm. with some, mm-hmm. um, but the need is there. Yeah. Um, a Starbucks. I've always wanted to own a Starbucks. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, okay, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I there was a time when I lived at my first house. I bought way down in Henry County, kind of McDonough area. There, there was, like, only one in the area at the time. And I used mm-hmm. to be like, man, I wish I had that, the capital to open up a Starbucks down here. But now I'm I wonder there. how much one of those franchises costs. I'm pretty sure it's up there. Yeah, uh, I would bet. And this last one I have here is uh, the basketball. I want the basketball from the UNC-Michigan game with Chris Weber called the timeout, 1992-93, rather, because that was the 92-93 season. But so why why that particular? Because I'm a Carolina fan, and uh, okay. my, my my best friend slash roommate at the time was a, is a Michigan fan. Was a Michigan fan. He passed away, and so, so our even, dorm room was intense that day. So even more than when Jordan hit the shot to win the national title. Yeah, even more, even really? more. Because you got to think, I was super young. Basketball okay. was kind of when Jordan hit the shot. I I wasn't paying attention like I was to that year right. to ninety two ninety three. So. Um, you know, it's funny because that is the first finals that I the, – the first Final Four and championship game that I vividly remember. The, like the Jordan Georgetown, shot. The, George, oh, the Georgetown, Carolina. The Carolina. You know, yeah. um, Patrick Ewing had several goaltending calls in that game that cost um, – Sleepy Floyd was on that team yep. for Georgetown. Um, obviously, Michael – James, James Worthy, Worthy, James Black, Matt Doherty, Sam Perkins, like those guys were yeah, all. Yeah, that's that. That team, that team was stacked. Yeah, yeah. yeah I do I mean, now. I do remember it. I just, like I said, I was much younger and right. wasn't really in tune with how much I liked basketball. And, and yet. I'll tell you this: I, I still will contend. James Worthy is one of the oh, more he was underappreciated the star of that yeah, team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's one of the more underappreciated college basketball players yeah. in history. Yeah, I mean, he was a great, not good. Was a great collegiate basketball player. Yep, he should have been on the '84 or should should have been on the 1980 Olympic team because he would have been on the '80 Olympic team had we not boycotted seeing Bowie, Mm -hmm. um, guys like that, uh, uh, Alton Lister. Right, uh, I think Buck Williams would have was on the uh, team. Mm -hmm. So uh, that that 1980 Olympic team would have been the youngest team in in uh, in history of amateur basketball history right. for the United States Isaiah Thomas was a freshman mm-hmm. he would have been on that team as well so I mean they had the roster picked I mean right. it just was a matter of we boycotted the Olympics so yep. all right um I think I got what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten all right I got 11 things okay okay um a tuxedo okay um I just always wanted to. You've have, got, you, so you've rented them before. I mean, I've rented, I've rented them, them yeah, but I want to own one. You want to own I, one? I, I want a custom fit, own. I never tuxedo. thought about that. I mean, I know it's good to have. I, I just it's something that never came across my mind. Like, do I actually want to own one? Um, I don't want a Rolex. I want an Omega. Okay. I want. I, I want those an, are nice. I want an I like Omega those. watch. Yeah. Um, I want a pontoon boat. You know what? I, I had boat on mine, but I, I, I love pontoon boats. I, yes. I, I grew up on a lake, mm-hmm. and we had a pontoon boat. 
And I would, and I know that the old saying is, the best day of your life is when you buy a boat. Right. The best, the second best day of your life is when you sell the boat. Right. Um, but I would love to have a pontoon boat that I took up on Lake Alatoona. Yeah. And just had it and stashed and, and dashed just, it, you yep. know, as I need it. But yep. would love to have a pontoon boat. Um, <laughs> this is kind of crazy. You ever heard of those purple or helix mattresses? Yeah. Like I want one of those high-tech, form-fitting, custom mattresses. I want to see what it's like to sleep on one of those things. Because I've got, like, kind of crappy, cheap mattresses and stuff like right, that. Right. I want a real form-fitting, body-contouring type of mattress. Okay. I would love to see how much better it is to sleep on one of those things. Um, I want a big green egg. Okay. And I want the extra large one, too. Not right. a small one. I mean the extra large bad boy. Gotcha. If you're going to go green egg, right. buy the extra large one. Um, two pieces of memorabilia. I want a 52 Mickey Mantle. Nice. 52 tops yeah, Mickey Mantle. Yeah, I almost Mantle. put that down. Yep. Yeah. Um, there is, so Upper Deck mm-hmm. made this trading card series based around James Bond. Oh, wow. Okay. And... They had hand-autographed cards, okay? So these were hand-signed autographed cards by mm-hmm. different actors that played James Bond characters. Oh, nice. Ready? Okay. Uh-huh. So I have Daniel Craig. Okay. I have Pierce Brosnan. I have Roger Moore before okay. he passed. I have um, George, La- uh, George Lazenby. Oh, wow. Timothy Dalton did not sign for that. But there are cut autographed cards of Sean Connery's autograph. Mm. I want one of those cut autograph cards of Sean nice. Connery. Nice. Because yeah. I've got my James Bond collection. I've got all kinds of James Bond autographed right. cards. But but my favorites are the Daniel Craig, the Pierce Brosnan, Lazenby, Roger Moore, like the, the actual right. James. I've got like Christopher Lee mm. when he played, uh, you know, again, you know, Christopher Lee from Lord of the Sith right. and all that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, this is when he played uh, Scaramanga. The man with the golden gun. Oh wow! So it's a card. It's a hand autographed card of Christopher Lee. Right. With with his picture of the man with the golden gun. Right. Okay. Jaws. You know the character uh, Jaws. Richard yeah. Keel. Yeah. I've got that autograph as well. I've got Judy Dench's M. I've got oh, Halle Berry's wow. autograph from uh, Die Another Day. Right. Um, I have um, Terry Hatcher's card from um, the world. No, not the world is not enough. Um, oh gosh. Tomorrow never, Tomorrow dies. never dies. She was in Tomorrow Never Dies. I've got her autograph. Okay. Joe Don Baker, Maude Adams. I got I got a bunch of autographs. Nice. James Bond cards. But I want that that white whale, that Sean Connery right. uh, autographed the card. Um, my Henry a my Henry um, AR rifle, like that uh, that survival rifle. Right. It's a four piece survival rifle. I want my I want my rifle. Um, a Tesla. Okay. I would love to drive a Tesla. I would love to own a Tesla. Okay. I, I, every, every everybody's got a Tesla. <laughs> they do. Everybody, everybody they has really a Tesla do. nowadays. There's like a million in my neighborhood. Yeah. All of a yeah. sudden, like everybody's got a Tesla. Yeah. I was looking at used Teslas, used, used sixty six thousand dollars. Sixty six thousand dollars for a used Tesla. Whew. An eighty inch TV. Okay. I, I want, I want. You want the big boy? Yeah, because again, my eyes don't focus very well. <laughs> I want, I want to be blind. Okay. Um, and then finally, have you ever seen those showers that have the rain shower? I don't think so. So they either come out of the ceiling as like rain, okay, or they're wall mounted and they they have the effect of rain. They're almost like a spa shower. Mm, okay. I want one of those showers. Nice. I want I want a rain. I want a I want a walk-in shower with that rain effect nice. to it. Nice. So there you go. That's my list as well. Uh when we come back, Mike Rostein joined us earlier in the show. What he had to say about the Atlanta Falcons, Chuck Green the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92 on the game, Odyssey.com app.
spoken a lot about. In Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. In this offseason, that I think. Looking a lot about in this offseason, that I think has to make that big jump as Arnold Ebicati. And I'm liking the things that I'm hearing out of him. He's talking about the game slowing down and all these different things. How important do you think it is for Ebba Katie to have that breakout season and, if nothing else, at least solidify one side of this pass rush for this team? Well, listen, I mean, that's what they want, right? Like, you draft a guy in the second round, you invest in him, you hope that – and they've been very patient in the past. We talked about it, I think, the last time I was on with Richie Grant, and Richie Grant's a good example. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they'd like that to happen. But much like they've done at a lot of other positions, honestly, they've, they've built fail-safes in case it doesn't. And by that, I mean you've got Bud Dupree, you've got Lorenzo Carter. Obviously, they hope D'Angelo Malone will take a step as well. You've got Caden Ellis there. So if for some reason Ebbe Katie doesn't take that step, it's not like they're in – Deep waters, we'll call it that. I would use a different word if we weren't talking on terrestrial radio. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that they're put in. I think they're put in an okay situation if it doesn't come, but they're obviously hoping it does. And you saw the flashes of the potential there last year, which is what you're banking on if you are the Falcons, because he was able to get to the quarterback if he didn't, even though he didn't finish. And that's a good first step. And as he learns more, and as he has more help around him, which the Falcons have done, then it's entirely possible. But if it doesn't come from him, I think they've put enough other players in position that they're hoping that it will come from somebody. How active do you think that they're going to feature Caden Ellis? I mean, obviously that this is a guy that we're hearing a lot of things about potential breakout seasons. And I think he's on the NFL.com's, you know, all breakout team and, this, that, and the other. How much do you think they feature him this year? We'll see. I mean, he doesn't come here if it's not clear that Ryan Nielsen has a plan for him and is going to use him. Because he would have had a role in New Orleans still, I would imagine. 
And Ryan Nielsen knows him better than anybody, as does their general manager, Terry Fontenot, because Terry Fontenot is part of the crew that drafted him before Terry Fontenot came here to be the GM. And Ryan Nielsen was the co-defensive coordinator last year when Caden Ellis had his breakout after I believe it was Pete Werner got hurt. So I, I think that there's a plan there. Now, what that looks like, I don't know. Because remember, and, and this isn't to throw a dampener on anything, there was so much excitement a year ago at this time when Lorenzo Carter signed after he had had a very similar end of season with the Giants like Caden Ellis had end of season with the Saints. And we saw what Lorenzo Carter did last year. Lorenzo Carter was a fine player. He was asked to do way more than he probably ever anticipated as far as an edge setter because Ebiketti and Malone and even to an extent Adi Ogundeji just weren't ready yet. So I think that limited and hurt maybe some of Lorenzo Carter's effectiveness as a pass rusher. But just because it worked one place doesn't mean it's necessarily going to work another. Now, to me, I think there's a lot of hope and focus that it will here because of the familiarity because of Ryan Nielsen and the defensive scheme. But I, to me, he he is a player that they are once again hoping they see that from. We have seen the Falcons take these chances before. They were doing it on one-year deals. Now you're seeing it more, I think, on what look like more two-year deals. And Caden Ellis is a young player. The, the tools are there. The motor's there. Uh, it's just a matter of does it follow through. And I think, again, it, it's, you know, we talk about guys like Abiquete. We talk about guys like Caden Ellis. And that's great. But the reality of all of it is if Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, and Taquan Grant, and whoever's lined up opposite one of these guys, even if or one or the other, if they're not getting the pressure they need, it's not going to matter because you need to have someone getting leverage somewhere. And that, that's the big key. And that's really what the Falcons have done is they've given themselves enough players and enough options that someone they hope is going to break out and get it somewhere, whether that is Arnold Kete, whether that is Caden Ellis, whether that's D'Angelo Malone, who a lot of people are not talking about right now. Uh, you know, I, that I think all remains whether Bud Dupree stays healthy because when he's healthy, we see what he can do. You know, all of that remains to be seen. Mike Rothstein on the waitfor.com hotline covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN and ESPN.com. I've described, I mean, again, you may not think this is fair, but I've described Caden Ellis as the defensive uh, Caleb McGarry. Um, he's had one breakout season, but his first three years were, eh, okay. I mean, they, they, they didn't see a whole lot of him, and uh, and he did play, you know, pretty good much. But I, I, I again, I'll have to see it to to believe that this is going to be the big breakout year that everybody expects from him. Oh, uh, Chucker, there's no doubt, my man. Like that's that's part of it, right? Like you have to see it. Um, I don't know if the comparison to Caleb McGarry is fair. Like because he's entering a new scheme. He's entering a new situation entirely. He's obviously a, a defensive coordinator he's comfortable with. But let, let's let's be honest, right? If you're going to make the comparison to Caleb McGarry, let's call it what it is. Caleb McGarry was essentially a three-year starter for, for Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Like more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he obviously dealt with some injuries here and there early on. Last year was the first year he was a full-time. He was, he was fully healthy, I would, I would say. But he was starting games before that. Caden Ellis has 12 career, career starts, 11, 11 of them coming last year. Not only that, he played five defensive snaps in 2020. That got up to 23 snaps, or sorry, 191 snaps, which is about 23% defensively in 2021. So we're talking about a guy who was very clearly a rotational guy. Before last year, he played about half. And again, a lot of that came once there were injuries on the Saints team. So I don't think the comparison to Caleb McGarry is fair because we saw more from Caleb McGarry, injuries being dealt with or not, than we saw from Kate, than we've seen from Caden Ellis. I just don't think that that's a, a fair type of label, especially considering what people were talking about Caleb McGarry as a year ago at this time as a massive question mark and a, like, well, I don't think this is going to work out. Like, I, don't, I just don't think that's fair to do that to a guy who started 12 games and in a new system and all of those 12 games, 11 of them have come in one season. No, I mean, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just not buying him. And then, well, uh, I'll say it like this. Um, there's a reason why guys three years into the league are rotational guys. And, and yeah. usually, usually it takes injuries to finally get your chance. I mean, if, if Caden Ellis was going to be this breakout player, 
why have we only seen it in his fourth year? I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I mean, again, there, there's reasons why guys spend the first three years of their career in just rotational roles. Yeah, again, Adi Ogundeji is a guy who probably has played way more than he ever should have. He's probably Agreed. at best a rotational guy, but he's had a chance to start probably at the detriment to, you know, maybe the Falcons' defense at times. Yeah, well, I mean, they also remember the last two years they've been putting that defense together with, you know, duct tape and glue and, oh yeah, you know, so, some wire, and, you know, and that was just the re- – like, that's just what so much of it was. I mean, so – I mean, you know, they drafted Adi Ogundeji, and he he ended up having himself a role and had himself a good rookie year because he was, in part, that was all they had. Remember, remember who some of those edge rushers were then, that as a rookie, right? It was Dante Fowler, it was Brandon Copeland, who basically was playing hurt that whole year, Stephen Means, and Adi Ogundeji. I think they had a couple other guys too that I'm just like, I mean, John Kaminsky kind of, but like. You know, they had uh, Tuoti Mariner, who they were trying to turn into an edge rusher until mm-hmm. they cut him. I mean, you have to remember who some of those guys were. So, of course, with the, what they were then, like what they were, like they, they wanted to play Ugandaji to get him the reps. I mean, look at what, look at last year's probably a better indication when they had a little bit more there and they had other young guys and you saw Ugandaji be much more of a rotational guy. Like, I, I feel bad in some ways for Ade Ugandaji in terms of how people might view him. Because it's very similar to Jalen Mayfield in that I, I know Gondrasi has had more success than Jalen Mayfield, but they they were thrown into situations that realistically they probably were a year early for, and that can be really hard on a player. It's great to get the experience, but if the success doesn't come, like that can that can mess with you a little bit. So it, it was a tough tough ask for Adi Gondrasi, and this is a big year for him. I'm very curious to see how how this shakes out for him because all of a sudden he's in a situation where there's a lot of guys competing for roster spots versus, Hey, he's probably going to be on the roster. It's just a matter of in the rotation. Brian, you can say the same thing, by the way, about Jalen Mayfield. Well, and, and I'll ask you about Jalen Mayfield. Like where does he fit? I mean, I mean, we've heard by and large, we've heard next to nothing about Jalen Mayfield who started every game a couple of years ago, obviously, he was dealing with all the injuries last year. But we've heard nothing about, is he a tackle? Is he going to be a guard? Where's his role going to be? I mean, is he kind of this forgotten man in this offensive line scheme with Bergeron and some of these other guys? He's just kind of gotten lost in the shuffle? I don't, I don't know if I'll call lost in the shuffle. And, and by the way, he started every – remember, he wasn't supposed to start. Right. Like, people forget that. He was not supposed to start as a rookie. That was Josh Andrews' job. Then Josh Andrews, after cuts, like the day after cuts, or it was maybe that afternoon, he broke his hand or foot. I forget which one it was. It's been a couple of years. And all of a sudden, Jalen Mayfield, who spent most of training camp at tackle, filling in for Caleb McGarry, a place he's much more comfortable, had to go into guard. That's, that's a tough chance to succeed. It really is. And it got better. I mean, but it was a tough chance to succeed for him. So then last year, he was dealing with injuries, and they had a guy in Matt Hennessy that they trusted. And they had a guy in Elijah Wilkinson who they signed and won the job and was pretty darn good until he dealt with injuries. Remember, they played four or what, five different guys? Like, yeah, this is a big year for Jalen Mayfield. He's kind of, in my eyes, he's playing from behind. But he also might be playing his most natural position now if they end up moving him out to tackle. Remember, when he came back from, like, for those, like, when he was kind of returned to play protocol or the kind of return to play for, off of the injury but not activated when they had those few weeks before, mm-hmm. you know, they decided to shut him down for the year, he was working out in practice as a tackle as much as a guard. So, uh, to me, it's – I, I, would, I would anticipate we'll probably see him maybe more as a tackle than as a guard, and we'll see how that goes because they drafted a guy in Bergeron who's going to be a guard, and maybe they're starting left guard. We'll see how that shakes out. We'll get probably a better handle of that maybe starting next week or maybe even starting Wednesday, depending who shows up at OTAs and who doesn't, uh, Wednesday being tomorrow. So I, I don't know if we know that answer yet. I, I would not count Jalen Mayfield out because the talent is there, but much like Adi Ogundeji, I don't think it's an obvious he is absolutely on the roster situation because 
if Arthur Smith is showing you one thing, there's no entitlement there. Like he he will he will take the best guys. He said over and over. You've heard it. You've heard him say. You've heard Terry Fontenot say it. They want it to be hard to make this team because that means that they brought in good guys in the in terms of talent and that they've got a real shot. So they want it to be hard for a guy like an Ade Ogundeji, a guy like a Jalen Mayfield, to make this team. Like they, a guy like a Frank Darby. Like to make this team, like they want it to be difficult for guys that they have drafted to, a couple of years ago to make this team if they haven't shown, you know, a whole bunch on the field yet. So I'm not surprised that those three guys would be in that situation. I still think Frank Darby, and because a lot of people, you know, don't talk about him at all, but that receiver room is wide open, other than probably Matt Collins and obviously uh, that Drake London guy. Mike Rothstein covers the Atlanta Falcons for ESPN. ESPN.com is where you can check out. All of his work. He's on Twitter, too, at Mike Rothstein. And join me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Mike, as always, buddy, appreciate Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.